Welcome to Gracefield Grit. I'm your host, Lana Stenner, and we are chatting all about growing your faith, family, and the backyard farm. Here at the Gracefield Homestead, we are having honest, hard, and authentic conversations with some amazing guests about getting back to the basics and what's important in life. We are not for everyone, and we don't clean up our conversations, so you will get the unedited chat. Each episode, you can expect practical tips and encouragement. I am so honored to have you join us today, so grab a cup of coffee and let's do this thing. This podcast is brought to you by the Backyard Farm Academy. Have you dreamed of fresh eggs every morning and adding chickens to your yard? Do you want a flourishing garden and fruit trees to be more self-sufficient or even honey from your own beehives? Join the Backyard Farm Academy, where we will simplify all the steps in our online training sessions that you can complete at your own pace. Go to lannacenter.com backslash academy for more information and to grab your spot. Let's get busy building your backyard farm. All right, friends, we have a wonderful treat for you today. I'm so glad that you have come back and joined us on the Gracefield Grit podcast. My good friend here, Monica Swanson, is joining us today. And Monica and her husband, Dave, raise boys and tropical fruit on the North Shore of Oahu. Monica has homeschooled her four sons. One just graduated and one is still in college in Southern California. Monica is the author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. And she is the host of the most popular Boy Mom podcast. It is a fabulous show. Monica has been blogging for nearly 12 years and has encouraged over 10 million visitors to her website with articles on parenting and family, healthy living, and mostly healthy recipes. Her sons are all surfers and her 18-year-old son surfs professionally. And so Monica loves to connect with women all over the world through this crazy gift of the internet. So welcome, Monica. I'm so glad to have you join us. Oh, it is so great to be here. Thank you for having me. So uh, you come to us from the beautiful paradise Mm -hmm, of Hawaii. mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about your life in Hawaii. How did you end up there in the country of the North Shore? And I'd also love for you to share with our audience about your dreamy property. Oh, my God. We've Mm -hmm. talked about this. and It just sounds like paradise to me. Yes. Well, I think you and I could have fun visiting each other's properties. There's yes. a lot in common yes, there. We but... talked about that. I want to come yeah. visit you. Yeah. Well, we, um, my husband and I both come from the Pacific Northwest. So I'm really at heart a Seattle girl. I, I really, this time of year, miss my season so much. Fall is my favorite thing in the world. And so as dreamy as Hawaii is, there are things we miss or I miss. My husband doesn't. Uh, but we are both from small towns in the Pacific Northwest. We came to Hawaii 21 years ago for my husband's three-year medical residency program after he finished medical school. And I thought, oh, three years, it'll be like a vacation. And by the time he was finished, we had three sons. And he's like, why would we ever leave? This is a great place to raise a family. So he got a job at a hospital. He's a hospitalist uh, physician. And um, we just found ourselves uh, commuting to the North Shore more and more as our boys fell in love with surfing. And 11 years ago, we bought some property and um, moved up here to what we call country. I mean, it's not like that far out, but 
it's a drive to get to most of my places. You know, Costco's close to an hour, and um, but we have a little community not too far away. And most importantly, we're very near all the surf beaches. So if you've heard names like, well, if you are at all in the surf world and you've heard of Pipeline and Sunset and Waimea Bay, that's that's our backyard. So you go down our hill a couple of miles and you're at all the best surf beaches and they are beautiful. And I'm I'm thankful for all of that. And what uh, a yeah, wonderful place to <laughs> family. Oh my goodness! Yeah. And, and we talked uh, last time we chatted. You have fruit trees and mm-hmm. chickens, and you do the whole shebang there. How? Fun. Yeah, we oh, are learning. Oh we are learning. My husband. It was all you know. Funny story. Uh, my husband's mom a few years back sent us a newspaper article from Little McMinnville, Oregon, when my husband was. Goodness, it was maybe fifth or sixth grade, and they had done one of those things where they interview all the kids and ask them a couple questions and put it in the small town newspaper. And the question was, what do you imagine yourself doing when you're grown up? And my husband's answer was, I imagine living on a tropical island surrounded by animals. Oh, (laughs) my goodness. And I was like, oh, my goodness. This was destiny. So he has always, you know, he's a doctor, but he got a tractor as soon as we moved here and started moving things around and moving dirt. And there was already a lot. There was like a hundred apple banana trees on our property. So it's a a variety of apple that's a little bit smaller and thicker and it has a a slight tartness to it. They're really, really good. And so we had those, we already had a lot of papaya and mango and avocado, but then my husband during the pandemic did what a lot of other people did and just went out and got everything you could imagine. Mm -hmm. And so now he's trying a whole lot of new fruits and we need to plant our veggie garden. That's a little more complicated here because of the soil and the type of pests and bugs. But we, if, if you could live on fruit, we could survive here. And then we did the chicken thing too. So I'm following you and learning from you and others and have our little girls that provide us a few eggs. Uh, I think it'll take many, many years to recoup the, the <laughs> investment, but we're having fun with it. It's they really are, and cool. they have the best personalities. So it's they do. too. They're hilarious. Yes, they are hilarious. Oh, that just sounds so dreamy. Absolutely dreamy. And so you're a homeschool mother too. I am. So I'm tell a crazy us a one. little bit about that yeah. journey. I mean, yeah. what a great place to homeschool. Yes. Well, I, I'm, you know, one of many who never imagined I would homeschool. My husband and I both grew up in the public school system and I just kind of imagined that. But by the time my first uh, two sons were going to a private little school and we were looking ahead at like, okay, first of all, the cost of private school and the state of things with um, public schools in Hawaii and where, you know, test scores were falling really low down there on the ranking. And we were like, wow, what are our options? And so my oldest son had met some kids at church who were homeschooled. And he's like, mom, would you homeschool me? And I was like, oh my goodness. Oh, that's so wonderful that he wanted to. He wanted to, but that's I was awesome. like, I can't do that. Like, how do you do that? And how and old was he at the time of that? He was he was in first grade first and grade. his okay. little brother was in kindergarten. And um, we had a preschooler at the time. And so I said, you know, I'll give it a try. And my husband was like, really? Aren't, you know, homeschoolers <laughs> are all weird. Are you yeah. sure? And I was like, I don't know. We'll try it. And, you know, one year in, we were all hooked. We were like, it's such a great lifestyle. And it allowed us to do things that we like to do, like surf and travel to the mainland and all that um, on our own schedule. And now that I've graduated three from high school and one, two of them 
went on to college on scholarships. One of them graduated college and already has a really good job and is financially independent. And I think it's working. I think. Yes. Well, that is obviously working. And I love that they went on to college on scholarship. Mm -hmm. That's a misconception that you can't do that. And so was that process in it? Tell us about that. Yeah. You know, I, again, I just feel so blessed because I'm not always on my game. I don't know what I'm doing. In fact, they both of those two older boys took a gap year after high school, mm-hmm. partly because I just didn't have my act together as a mom to be like, okay, you're a senior, you should be. We just, I was just doing the next thing. And at that point, I was writing my book, Boy Mom, and I had a younger son. I have a 12 year old still home. And so, um, so they graduated quite young. And I said, you know, a gap year might be a good idea. And they both loved the idea. So that kind of bought us some time. And they uh, knew a few people who had gone to colleges that offer these scholarships that aren't necessarily, you know, I always think of scholarships like if you're not the top, top, top student, mm-hmm. or you're not a, you know, collegiate athlete, what what about everybody else? And certain colleges, my boys go to Westmont in um, Santa Barbara. It's a small Christian school. But there are a few other colleges like Westmont that offer a scholarship really based on character, um, grades, yes, SAT score counts, but it's more of a well-rounded scholarship. And they it's kind of funny, the system, but they, they invite a bunch of kids over like 120 and they spend a weekend doing kind of a competition and they do a write, they sit down and do a writing um it's time. They do some interviews. They observe them. They have a fancy meal. And then at the end of it, everyone goes home and half of the kids get offered the scholarship. So it's wow. kind of a stressful process. That, that sounds stressful. But it's really, and it's called the Augustinian. And it's, um, you know, St. Augustine is, they have a, a literature-based program, but my boys love uh C.S. Lewis, Augustine, all the great writers. And so they were really well fit for it. Mm-hmm. And they both got it, which was such a blessing because we could not have sent them to a private Christian uh-huh. school in Southern California. Uh-huh. So that was fun. And I try to tell people, you know, if you're whether you homeschool or not, be aware that there are opportunities out there. So definitely talk to people, ask the questions, because if that's something you want or your kids are interested in, there are ways of doing it. Um, You don't have to go into crazy debt or, you know, be a a collegiate athlete to get a scholarship. So there's some creative ways you can find things. I'm so glad you shared that that, because that is a misconception. That's Mm -hmm. wonderful. And going back to your homeschooling, um, you know, and in the younger years, Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that uh, process. So mm-hmm. like, what what did a standard day look like? Did you do certain yeah. things on different days? What was your schedule like with the boys? Because boys, right. you know, as, as you know, as I know, <laughs> these are, they're different. They can be a handful. Their attention sure. is a little different. And so uh-huh. um, I would just love to, for you to share. We have a lot of boy moms yeah. um, that listen here too. And I would love for you to share that. Right. Well, I I know there's all different ways to approach homeschooling and there's the unschoolers, the moms who, you know, have just a real free flowing day. And I admire that, but I just never, maybe because of my background being in a traditional school setting, I've always to this day had to fight the idea of like, oh, they need to sit down in a desk and do, you know, (laughs) scratch all the boxes. But, um, 
over time, I found a, a happy medium, a compromise, you know, because a lot of our life does revolve around surf. If there's good surf, oftentimes, and my husband was off work, he works shifts similar to a fireman, actually, you know, his hospital work is shift work. Right. And so if he's off work and there's good surf, then it doesn't matter what I say, no they're time. gone. <laughs> and so they're gone. Um, they might come home at 11 o'clock and then I've got, you know, usually something fresh out of the oven ready for them to eat. And it's hard because then they're tired and they just want to veg. But I'm like, all right, you've got your classes. So we probably had no two days that looked exactly the same. Our days all looked so different, but we kind of knew what needed to be done. And as my first boys got older, they really did begin to just run their own day. They knew what they had to do. I became less and less involved as they were in high school. And, uh, you know, now they tell me that really did prepare them well for college. They're like, college was a lot like homeschooling. Uh -huh. You know, they said they just really felt prepared. And what's funny is my oldest son just started a week ago, a brand new job. Mm -hmm. And he's like, it's kind of weird, but college was a lot like homeschooling. And my job is a lot like homeschooling. He's like, I have a lot of freedom, a lot of independence, but I know what needs to get done. So that encouraged me that like homeschooling prepares for real life. Uh, Good mama, because uh, well, thank you. self, you know, they're self-motivated. Yes. They set yes. their own priorities. I love yes. that. That's real yes. world. That's real it world. is. It is. I, I mean, I, if you knew how many times I doubted myself and I wondered, am I giving them enough? And uh, so yes, in the end, we're, we're all probably giving our kids more than we realize. So mm -hmm. it, it was um, sometimes frustrating for me because I would see those images online of, you know, the mom sitting around the big table and all the cute kids with their stuff and just this real sweet day. And I'd be like, we are here and there and scattered and, and coming and going. Uh, but it worked out and everybody has to find their way. <laughs> That's what's beautiful. That's what's yeah. beautiful. And I did listen to, oh my goodness, it's probably several podcast back one of yours that I just loved. And you had mentioned about, um, it was an interview with your son mm. and, um, you had mentioned about just learning the, the joy of learning scripture. Mm -hmm. And you talked a little bit about the songs that they did mm -hmm. as they were kiddos. And it just made me, I was like, Oh, we need to bring that back because mm -hmm. It is a little yeah. harder to do the scripture nowadays. We're all yeah. distracted with our phones. And I love the idea of scripture to music. So the kiddos mm -hmm. just sing it and they it gets in their yep. brain. It does. Yep. My college boys say that's still what comes back to them when they're remembering the scriptures they first learned. So I love, I love that. It. So during <laughs> your homeschooling, did you have a, um, a curriculum, like a Bible curriculum that you and not that you have to tell us what it is, but yeah, just like yeah. a Bible time or yes. did they do their own? How did that work? Right, right. Great question. Well, we do try to just encourage our kids from the time they're real little to just do devotions. So, mm -hmm. you know, I start my day with a Bible and prayer. And when they're young, I just have them crawl on my lap and we find a kid's devotional or just read the Bible and pray. But in addition to that, yes, uh, we always had a Bible curriculum. And at some point we started using, you know, kind of one curriculum for most of the classes. And, and I don't mind sharing, we've, we used a Becca, okay. um, which is, uh, you know, kind of has been around a long time, but we also then use other curriculums for writing and, and math and science, especially in the high school years. But yeah, they, they, much of their day was uh, admittedly watching a video of a classroom and there was a teacher giving a lecture. So it was as if they were sitting in a 
private school classroom and the teacher would give a lecture and then they would have book work and seat work to do. And that was how one way I could survive because having four different age kids and working from home, that allowed them to watch a video, get a really good lecture in, whether it be history or math, and then have the seat work that I could look at, help them with and correct. Mm-hmm. And, and Bible was one of those classes. And in fact, this is not a lie. My 18 year old who graduated high school, he's surfing, has been traveling the world, but just recently came back. And now he's going to do some online college while he's surfing. Mm -hmm. And he just asked me if he could get an Abeka Bible class because he loved it so much. He's like, mom, I just, I know there's one I didn't take, I think on the book of Revelations. And he said, could I just... Yeah. He said, can I get it? Cause I love the teacher and I know, you know, it costs money, but I just want it for my own self. I was like, okay, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's as good as it gets. Especially revelation. That is, I know. That just has to I kind of laughed. I mean, I, that's as good as it gets. I yeah. love it. And okay. Yeah. So is this the son that is surfing professional? Yes. Yes. This, and that's not a typical professional surfer. I'll tell you that. I guess not. <laughs> oh, you have one in a million. Okay. So tell, give us a little scoop on the surfing side of things. Yeah. How he yeah. got into this professionally. I love it. Yeah. It's just been a wild ride. Uh, so Luke is 18 and, um, and he started surfing, all my boys, real young. But by the time he was 10 or 12, he just loved competing. And my my husband and I were competitive. We both grew up doing a lot of sports, but we were team sport people. Mm-hmm. And so this was all new to us. But um, we, you know, found the local competitions and signed him up. And he just took to it and, and was able to roll with it. He has a personality where, you know, wins don't go to his head and losses don't get him too far down. Mm-hmm. And as time went, it's, you know, it's such a like any sport, it has its own uniqueness, but in Hawaii and the way the surf culture works is you try to get sponsors. Mm -hmm. So ultimately you're trying to find people to give you free boards, to give you free clothes. And that's kind of how kids know that they're heading somewhere. And so the big goal is to get a brand to sponsor. So I think by the time he was 11, uh, Quicksilver became his sponsor back then. And at that point it was just free clothes and, you know, some support. And then a couple of years later, he switched and um, Rip Curl is now his main okay. sponsor. Amazing. And, you know, that means he's a paid athlete. So he gets yes. a paycheck every month just for being on their team. And um, they send him boxes of clothes. And he has people, I mean, he has a surfboard shaper. He goes through, goodness, over 20 boards a year because they break. Wow. And so he's constantly getting new surfboards shipped to him. Um, sunglasses, sunscreen, you name it, all the sponsors. And, and some of them just give him stuff and others, he actually makes an income. Yeah. And then his job is pretty much to train and train mm-hmm. and train and put out amazing videos on social media. So if you look for at Luke Swanson underscore, uh, he's got some incredible surf videos put to music. He does a, he works hard on those and he's kind of known for his airs. So when you're surfing, you know, you can go up and do flips in the air and that's kind of his specialty. And um, so then he travels the world. He's trying, his goal would be to be on the pro tour. Mm-hmm. And there's a few steps to get there. You have to start, you know, with a challenger series and work your way up. But um, ultimately he would love to be full-time on the pro tour. And meanwhile, he just kind of travels and competes in whatever he can. And um, 
He just had the Junior World Champs in El Salvador in May, and he took the win. So at the moment, he is the Junior World Champion um, of surfing for 18 and under. So that's kind of fun. That's- that is just amazing. You know what's <laughs> super amazing about that? Of course, that's really fantabulous. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, unbelievable. But knowing that he has a heart for God. And <laughs> that he wants to take a and high school class to- on Revelation. Yeah. I mean, you don't, you're not going to find that anywhere. I just love that he could be a mentor, you know, all these kids are following him on social media. Um, I'll tell one more quick story just because I am such a believer in the power of influence and just the importance and also in the power of prayer. But, um, he recently was invited to go to Indonesia for a special contest specifically about airs, but mm-hmm. it was all pros and a lot of adult men. And this particular organization is just known to be like the party crew. Right. And it, it was the first time he had traveled without us or anyone. Sometimes he travels with, there's, you know, like a, a teenage girl whose parents are Christians and they'll kind of take him on a trip if they're going somewhere anyways. And so he's always with somebody we know, but on this particular trip, we, he was going to be on his own and he was going to be in a house with all these other people. And we were just praying like, you know, I don't want him to be in an uncomfortable situation because we knew that while they're there besides surfing, there's just going to be so much partying and all that. So we prayed and prayed like there's, is there anyone else in the surf community that might be, you know, there that could team up with him? And Right before he left, he found out that a guy from Australia named Reef Hazelwood, um, who's in his early to mid 20s, probably 23, um, he's this really strong believer. And he was going to be over there. And when Luke got over there, they were they were roomed together. They were put in a room together. We laughed saying, you know, the people who ran it were probably like, put the weirdos together. (laughs) They they roomed together and they did Bible studies. They entertained themselves watching Veggie Tales, the two of them. (laughs) And I just laughed while all these guys are all, you know, partying it up. They were studying the Bible and watching Veggie Tales. (laughs) My kiddos loved Bob the Tomato. Oh, I love it. So God provides, he answers prayer. And, you know, he, he was so grateful to have that one one other guy. And I thought, that's what you can be to other people too. You know, when those younger guys are coming up, you can be that security of being there and just shining your light. And that's all it takes sometimes. That is as good as it gets. I absolutely Mm. love that. (laughs) I love it. Good job, mama. Well, Uh, I would love to chat a little bit. You are an amazing author. uh, And I'd like to just spend a few minutes of on your book. So it came out, was it two years ago? When did it come out? Yeah, 2019, August of 2019, right before the world shut down. Yeah, Yeah. right. When when everyone needed to be reading at that point. Right. So tell us, uh, tell our friends here online a little bit about that book Mm -hmm. and just what was in your heart and what Mm -hmm. caused you, because I'm a new, brand new author. And it is Mm -hmm. interesting that, you know, I'm over 50 now and I didn't even start writing until I was 50 years old. Right. Um, And so what, what prompted you to do that and and get into this industry? Yes. Yes. So the quick story is just that um, I I was 40 when I started writing, but that was just on a blog and I just had my fourth son and just kind of had that that itch to like do something, you know, and I know a lot of women listening probably know what that's like. And mm-hmm. if you've got it and your kids are young, I say, you know, it's never too early to start whatever it might be online, journaling, writing. But also for me, I, I'm glad that I kind of 
gave myself a few years to really invest in my family and really make that the main thing. And as those feelings kind of welled up, I was like, you know, I'm going to do something. So I'm going to just start this blog. I have no idea what I'm doing. I didn't know how to edit a photo. I didn't know social media. Mm -hmm. And so I just started writing online. But over a couple of years, I kind of found my people and ended up writing with a group of other boy moms. There was a, a group back then called the Mob Society, Mother of Boys. But that kind of helped introduce me to more people. And then I wrote a couple posts that um, really were about, actually, one of them was called What a Teenage Boy Needs Most from His Mom. Mm -hmm. And I just shared 11 things. You know, it was just kind of like one of those things came off the top of my head. And there was just some magic there between timing and God's hand being on it. And I don't even know, but that was the one that kind of broke my internet. And a couple million people read that over a few weeks. And I was starting to get, you know, just so many emails I couldn't keep up. I was like, wow, there's a there's a world out there that really wants hope and really wants encouragement because I think the message on the street for us raising boys is, you know, enjoy them when they're young because when they become teenagers, oh, it's all going to go downhill. You know, they're going to they're going to turn away from mom and dad. They're going to turn to their peers. They're going to start sexting and and vaping and and doing all the things and and just forget about it. They're, you know, you've got no hope. And I was like, but that's not my experience. Like my yeah. boys are great. And I, love I would say it's the opposite. Boy, when they were two and three, I was <laughs> right. Lord help yes. me. And now they're joining me. Same. Yeah. And but I realized that it was the work I put in in those early years mm -hmm. that allowed us to have the relationship and the trust and and you know all the things even with this eighteen year old. And so over time, I wrote more articles and had some more, you know, just grew as a website and just realized if I could put everything about raising boys into a book, really subtitled what your son needs most from you, Boy Mom is the title. And so I, I put that together and it just, that was so much of my heart. But as you know, first time author, it was scary. I didn't know what I was doing, but it's been over three years now and somehow I'm put another book together that'll come out in the new year. So mm -hmm. I guess I'm crazy enough to keep doing it. And, and I'm, I'm really excited about the journey. I've just enjoyed writing and love getting to know people through it and just so blessed. Yes. And so would you say from that first book, do you have like four, like my best friend has, she has three boys. I have three mm -hmm. boys, a new mom coming up that has just the three little toddlers or yep. two little toddlers. Yep. What would you say would be your most important couple of tips for them? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been asked this a lot, like, oh, come on, boil it down. Top three things. I'm like, but there's 12 in the book. Right. <laughs> we need no. three more hours. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I'll just, the the quickest response that comes to me is introduce them to the God that created them and loves them and make sure they understand what it means to have an identity based in their relationship with God, because mm -hmm. this world is going to give them so many labels. Uh, they're they're going to be told that their self-worth is dependent on their accomplishments, their popularity, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and they're going to go through highs and lows. They're going to get good grades. They're going to get bad grades. They're going to be successful in sports. They're going to fail and relationships come and go. But if they know who they are in Christ, then they are going to be unshakable. And it's still not going to be easy. I mean, all my boys have that, but they've still gone through rocky times. So one relationship with God is the, if they've got that, yeah. I, I kind of say, I don't really worry about anything else because happen. they have wisdom. They have access to everything that they need in the Bible, in a church community. If they are just committed to following God, I really don't worry about the rest, but right. I will give you two more. Yes. The next, the next is uh, influence. 
I'm just, again, such a believer that we need to really be careful about the influences in our kids' life and help guide them to the right ones. Mm-hmm. If we send our kids to school and just hope for the best, it, it's it's a very, uh, it's a gamble. And so really teach them what to look for in a friend, how to be a friend, guard their time when they're not in school, make sure they spend most of their time with family and, and really build up that core unit as a family. So influence is huge. And influence, of course, spills over into what they're doing on the internet, what you let them see and do, get filters on those every device um, and have the conversations because filters alone aren't enough, but influence is just massive. Um, and then the third thing, well, actually, I, I already covered two because identity goes with faith, but I always say faith, identity, and influence. So um, I'll leave it at that because yeah. I'm talking a lot. <laughs> oh, no, it's so good and such strong wisdom there. Oh, and, thank and going you. on to the influence, mm-hmm. just curious, I mean, off script here, I would yeah. just love to know your take having, I know I kind of did one thing with the older couple kids and then mm-hmm. the younger ones coming up and technology kind of became mm. more of a thing as yeah. years went on. I mean, with yeah. my first two, I felt like it was a lot easier to parent mm-hmm. because they, they weren't, even if they had a phone, there wasn't all the social media yeah. constant type of thing. So what is your take right now with uh-huh. your youngest oh. on um, technology and phone oh. and how do you I know the first time I did the, we are not having phones in our bedroom thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. everybody flipped out and mm-hmm. um, that type of thing, uh, but I'm so glad we did it now. So where where are you with technology and your youngest? Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with a lot of other moms thinking, I can't believe what a battle this is, like yeah. truly. And I know a lot of the problem with my youngest is the rest of us are on our phones all the time. I use social media for my work. My surfing son does. My husband reads constantly articles. He's talking to the hospital. So we're all on devices. So it's really unfair for me to be like, oh, you can't be on one. Mm -hmm. But so, so there's no easy answer to this. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think that um, teaching them principles, helping them understand why, it's so important to guard their heart and guard their time again, having filters on, but then the best advice I could ever give. And this is in boy mom and in my upcoming book is really, if kids are busy doing a lot of things that don't involve a screen, it's just not going to be as big of a battle. So wear them out doing sports, get them to the beach, get them out climbing a hill, doing yard work, doing chores, reading a book, Focus on all that they can do. Mm -hmm. And then you're just not going to have as much of a battle. Will it be a battle? Yes. Do we need rules, boundaries? Yes. Am I good at them? No, I keep trying, but I'm not very good at it. I I really am. I look for rhythms. Um, I interviewed Justin Whitmill early who wrote, um, who wrote habits of the household, but I, I love his heart for, for saying when there's rhythms to, you know, Friday night is movie night. So if they ask on Tuesday, can we watch a movie? Well, is it Friday? If it's not Friday, then no. Like if there's established times, because his thing was when our when our kids feel like any time might be screen time, then it's they're living in a constant state of wondering. And so if my son's like, well, can I be on a screen? Can I be on a screen? I'm like, yes, today. No, tomorrow. I'm in a bad mood. I'm not. In a, right. So if I'm like, you know what? No screens from this time to this time. Mm-hmm. No screens after dinner or no screens in your bedroom. If we have established boundaries, I think that gives them a sense of security and they know when they can and when they can't. Mm-hmm. And that may look different for everyone, but I think that really helps. 
Oh, that is so, so good. And I do think it changes Mm -hmm. age-wise because, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to, there are a lot of people and and they could be successful at it, but like if they never have access and then they go off to college. No, Mm -mm. uh, not a good idea. They're going to go AWOL, you know? Mm -hmm. So it is kind of giving them some trust and trying it out and every kid might be different. It's a hard, I would say that's, probably one of the biggest struggles right hundred percent. I think it's our battle of this yeah. generation. It yeah. Is. And as long as the parents are in the game and, you know, trying to set the boundaries. Yep. Yep. You know, that's, that's all you can do is really just get on top of it. And sure. <laughs> don't, don't stick your head in the sand. Like you just can't, because it's so easy. I think, especially if you're just busy and working and just to throw your hands up and say, I don't know, it's too much for me, right. but we can do better. Yeah. Yeah. So, so important. Good, good. So, okay. So tell us a little bit about your next book coming up. So we know Uh, the boy mom book. What is your next book coming up? Yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, So after boy mom, I just kind of started taking note. What are people asking about still? What are the questions that keep coming up? And I just found three main categories that people just kept wanting to know about. Um, One of them was from a chapter in Boy Mom where I talk about character. Mm -hmm. And I love to talk about raising kids of character. And in that chapter, I I shared a little story of something I did with one of my sons when he was a young teenager and went through a really challenging season and something I did with him. And I got more emails on that than anything else. People are just like, tell us more about this character training and how'd you do it? I want to do it with my daughter or son. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was one question. The other is because my boys are... Uh, you know, on my podcast and on social media and people see that they are all best friends. Mm -hmm. So many people just want to know, like, how can I raise kids who love each other, who actually get along and choose to be together? And my boys, you know, my oldest took the youngest on a road trip when he graduated from college, things like that. Like all of them at different ages, just love each other. Mm -hmm. And we, my husband and I just have a solid relationship with our boys. So that relationship in the family is huge. And then the third thing is just my boy's faith. And, and I am very aware that there's no form formula. You can do everything right. And sometimes your kids are going to choose not to walk with the Lord, but mm-hmm. I think there's a lot you can do in the family right. to just nurture that and, and to make it a lot more likely. Yeah. So those are the three topics that I decided to tackle. And I really wanted to um, share this with boy and girl parents, because most people said, oh, boy, mom was great, but most of it applied to my daughter just as much. So I was like, okay. And then the other thing I wanted to do is get my husband's voice in. And so this book has a note to the dads in every oh, chapter, nice. because so that. often I think the moms are reading all the books and doing all the things and the dads aren't. And I had so many people say, oh, I had my husband listen to your book on audio when we went on a road trip, or mm-hmm. I kept reading out loud to him. So I thought, you know, if there's a message man to man, and it's short, and it's sweet, and it's like, you know, Cliff Notes version. And so this book is called Raising Amazing. And the subtitle is a little long, but it says bringing up kids who love God, like their family, and do the dishes without being asked. So uh, the heart of character. Oh, <laughs> Isn't that wow, our dream? <laughs> I love that. I had not heard the whole title yet. Yeah, I love it. I yeah. love it. So uh, do it if you want to get your kids doing the dishes without being asked. This is the book for you. Oh, so. it'd be a bestseller for sure. <laughs> so, so when does that come out? Yeah, February 21st, 2023. Okay. So we're kind of working towards that big launch phase that you're in now. Yeah. Well, I would love to have you back on maybe right Thank around you. the time that Yay. I would love that. Remind everybody I can talk about to it. you all day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're really... 
is there a better topic to talk about, you know, bringing up kids mm. in the Lord and mm. giving them character qualities and just bringing up mm. good people of the next generation? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's so important. I mean, we could talk yeah. about that every single day. So yeah. I would love to have, so we'll just Thank remind you. we'll have Thank to you. schedule we'll that go. out and do that. <laughs> okay. So I know we're running short on time, but you have a course I coming do. open soon. So tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about that course that you have. Yes, yes. So I mentioned the chapter on character. And when I heard from so many people that wanted more, I was like, you know, I I just don't think that I could answer in an email or write a blog post or even a chapter of a book. But uh, I decided that the best way to share what we've done to raise character rich kids is uh, in a course online. And so I was able to put together modules where there's just short teachings. They're each like 10 minutes average. And then what was really fun was I could also share things like printable downloads. So everything from, you know, we've collected the best movies to inspire character in your kids. So it's movie night. Don't just watch whatever. Let's watch a movie that you can then talk about how that inspires character. So I have book lists, movie lists. I have prayers. I have, um, you know, different modules on topics that I know uh, affect character and that affect parenting. So I have Wendy speak with me on talking about anger and parenting and and how we can really work on that so that we can parent better because our example is a huge part of shaping our kids' character, right? So if we're angry parents, that's not going to inspire great character. Um, But I also brought in interviews with people who'd bring a different voice. So I have Jonathan Pitts, who's a father to daughters, talking about his relationship with his daughters. And I have, um, you know, different modules, conflict resolution and peacemaking in the home. I've got one on fighting entitlement and nurturing gratitude, especially good around the holidays. Thanksgiving is a big time for that. So anyway, it's all in there. And it's kind of fun because I keep adding to it over time. But once someone's in the course, they have lifetime access. So um, it's kind of like I say, you know, you've got your own resource library and if you've got young kids, there's a full module for the early years on just teaching those basic character qualities when they're young. And then you have the whole library to keep returning to, um, you know, helping teenagers make better decisions, things like that, choosing good friends. And you just print things out, look at them, go over them as a family. Um, You know, it's for the parents, but parts of it are to share with your kids. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's kind of your one-stop shop where you just keep coming back to it as you need things. And if you want to take your time going through it, there's no rush, but I do only open the doors to the course two or three times a year, always in the summer, always in the fall, and sometimes in the spring. And so from October 21st, Friday to the next Friday, the 28th, we're going to have the doors open and let people in there. And once you're in again, you don't have to start it right away. If you're busy, you can put it off, but now you've got it and you're in there for life. I love it. What a good resource. And you would say that this is for both boy moms and girl moms. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Pretty equal there. I've got a lot of um, stuff for both boys yeah. and girls. Yeah. And, you know, they're really, um, you know, having brought up, I had the three boys and then the daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really did bring her up pretty much the same way. And she's yeah. tough as nails. She looks like a little sweet Barbie doll, but, yeah. uh, you know, she's, <laughs> many of them are on for their money. And I just love her, her confidence. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so a lot of things apply. Yeah. Um, yeah all the way around. And, and most of it is just confidence in Christ. Yes. You know, a lot of characters. So I love Mm -hmm. that you have this course. What a fabulous, 
fabulous resource. And would you say it's, you said that you have some stuff for the younger ones. Mm -hmm. Is there a specific age group that you're targeting here? Parents of those from what ages? Yeah. Well, when I first created the course, I had parents of tweens and teens in mind because that's kind of the age I really went through a challenging time with my son. Um, But I got feedback from the beta group that went through it initially. And they're like, you know, I have little kids and I'm applying, you know, because it's real just principles that are so foundational. So I was like, you know what, rather than because I thought, oh, I'll create another course for the early years. So I was like, you know, I'm going to add a whole module for those early years. Mm -hmm. So if somebody is starting it young, they've got that. But then they also just have the principles that I think apply across the board. And then once your kids are teenagers, that's kind of what it's known for is, um, this area where I have a list, a huge list of resources that I encourage people to put in front of your tweens and teens. And it's things like YouTube channels, TED Talks, podcasts, books. And because uh, what I did with my son was kind of a daily thing where I added to his schedule just 30 minutes a day where he sat and did something related to character influence outside of mom and dad, right? Because they hit right. a stage where they're just not as open to hearing from us. But if they listen to a, you know, a TED Talk by somebody that really inspires them, and then they just write down one thing they learned that day, just one nugget. But um, that was what I called character training. And so I outline exactly how we did that, how someone else can do it. And then I give just an awesome list of resources that I keep updating and adding to over time. So that's been really fun for parents because it just gives them something to pull from when they really want to inspire that character. Because, you know, you can't, it's like faith. You can't force character on a child. They have to decide for themselves, what kind of character do I want to have? But when you bring in other people and you put that in front of them, it's really like you're gathering a team and you're just saying, here, let me help you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And you know, the work you're doing is changing the world. I mean, you're Mm. helping I mean, not only did you bring up and are bringing up a good family yourself, but you're helping others and mm. partnering with them and strengthening those skills and speaking mm. into Thank them. You. So I Thank love, you. Thank you. Love, Thank love you. That's message. my heart. And what you're doing, I mean, uh, just beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Well, is there anything else that you would love <laughs> to share? I Before we get off here, um, I definitely want our friends here to know where to find you. So your website and your social media, where is the main social media hanging out on? So give us all the scoop. You betcha. So my home base is monicaswanson.com and there's going to be links to everything if you go there. Uh, But Instagram is kind of my place and that's at Monica Swanson underscore. Mm -hmm. And then otherwise, yeah, there's a link to the character course right on the homepage of monicaswanson.com. So if you go there, look for the little button right at the top that says character course. And yeah, I'd love to see you all in there. And if anyone has questions, they are welcome to email me at aloha at monicaswanson.com. So Mm -hmm. I'm happy to respond to emails and uh, just, I love meeting people. So if you're on social and you say hi, I'll say hi back. I love it. I love it. And is you, do you have a book page on your website too? I feel like I yes. saw it on there. Yes. There, so there is. And, and as always, I'm revamping the website this fall. So it'll be in transition, but there will always be links to the books there. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, Monica, what a joy. I always love chatting with you. <laughs> I'm so glad you got to come on. And I just think these are the important topics Mm, that parents need to hear about and what you're doing is changing the world. So I'm so glad you took the time to come share with us and we'll try to get you back on when your next next book pops out because, uh, you know, such good information that we want to get out there. So thank thank you you so much today. Uh, Thank you. What an honor. Appreciate your time. 
Thank you for joining us today in this episode of Gracefield Grit. I know that your time is valuable and I truly appreciate you being here. I hope it was helpful and that you'll share it with a friend. In order to schedule amazing guests on our show, we could use some good reviews. So if you've enjoyed this episode, I'd be honored if you could head over to the podcast app on your phone, tap the album art for the Gracefield Grit podcast, scroll down to the bottom of the page and write a review. I'm looking forward to our next episode and I hope you'll join us again. Blessings to you today, friend, as you live out your own Gracefield Grit.